Welcome to the latest edition of our Fixed Interest podcast series, where we're going to discuss fiscal developments in Western Europe. My name is Federico Barriga Salazar, and I'm the head of the Western Europe Sovereigns at Fitch Ratings. I'm joined today by Greg Kiss, a director in the Sovereign Ratings team and lead analyst on a number of sovereigns in the Western Europe region. Greg, can we start by discussing fiscal performance in the region in 2023, and how does it compare to 2022? Thank you, Federico. The underlying fiscal trends became more challenging for Western Europe sovereigns in 2023. On the revenue side, the boost from the initial unexpected inflation shock in 2022 has started to dissipate during the year. On the expenditure side, pressures increased, in particular wages and social transfers due primarily to the cost of living crisis, the sharp erosion of real income. Furthermore, the economic recovery has slowed and interest expenditures also started to increase in the higher yield environment. These developments are broadly in line with our view had during the year. We have published a report in the spring arguing that the 2022 fiscal outperformance would not be repeated in 2023. Large shocks hit Western Europe in 2022 as the war broke out in Ukraine, the energy price and terms of trade shocks. However, thanks to the adaptable and flexible economies and the swift policy response the adverse impact of the shocks was milder than initially expected. Indeed, GDP growth was more resilient than forecast after the energy price shock. Also, the surprise inflation during 2022 supported revenue growth, well above the initial budget expectation. The median nominal GDP growth in Western Europe was above 10% last year. The higher inflation proved to be a temporary boost only, as we have expected. Practically all countries in the region improved their fiscal balances in 2022, but the outcome this year will be more mixed. According to our latest budget forecast, just about a third of the countries in the region will have smaller deficits in 2023 than a year earlier. The median deficit in the region will actually widen by about one percentage point of GDP. If you look at the EU level, the aggregate EU budget deficit was 3.3% of the GDP in 2022, and according to the European Commission latest forecast, it will be 3.2% this year. So just a very marginal 0.1 percentage point improvement. Greg, most countries have published their draft budgets for 2024. How do you see the fiscal outlook? The 2024 budgets in the vast majority of countries in Western Europe foresee a reduction to fiscal deficits, supported by the removal of temporary measures and somewhat improving growth prospects. Although we think modest progress can be achieved, thanks to a more favorable macro backdrop, we think many of the draft budgets lack ambitious targets. The fiscal stance in most of the region will remain substantially looser than pre-pandemic with only modest improvement in cyclical position. To illustrate this point, if we compare the pre-pandemic fiscal stance of 2019 to the 2024 forecast, we can see that loser fiscal stance will be the norm in Western Europe. It will be true for countries that had a strong starting position in 2019. One can say these countries can afford loser fiscal stance after a period of fiscal prudence. For example, 
Germany and the Netherlands had budget surpluses in 2019, but are expected to have deficits close to 2% of GDP in 2024, due primarily to higher expenditure pressures. But it will also be true for many countries with weaker starting positions. For example, we expect that quite a few countries will have deficits above 3% of GDP, the trigger for the excessive deficit procedure, the corrective arm of the European rules. Just as a reminder, there were no Western European countries in the EDP in 2019. The higher deficit pass is particularly risky for countries with high debt levels, in a few cases above 100% of GDP. This group includes France, Belgium, and Italy. I would also like to mention that some countries are expected to have budget surpluses next year. These include Cyprus, Denmark, Portugal, and Ireland. These countries typically also had very strong fiscal position before the pandemic. Statistically, there is a fairly strong correlation in European countries between the pre-pandemic and the 2023-2024 budget bailout. We expect fiscal policies to be centered around expenditure trends. Governments will continue to face rising demands for higher permanent expenditure in areas such as defense, social transfers, aging, and climate change. In addition, most countries will face further rise in interest payments as pass-through of higher yields is gradual, reducing fiscal space even further. This will force difficult policy trade-offs in order to prevent renewed deterioration in fiscal stance. On the upside, higher absorption of EU funds in some countries will help sustain public investments. How much of a concern is the higher debt levels in many countries in the region? Debt dynamics in the region have been on a divergent trend in the last years, and we expect this to continue in the short to medium term. Countries that have successfully anchored primary surpluses Portugal, Greece, Cyprus, and Ireland will continue to reduce public debt levels at a brisk pace. On the other side of the spectrum, high-deficit countries will see either stagnating or even rising debt levels like France, UK, Italy, and Belgium. Not surprisingly, these countries also have public debt above their pre-pandemic level, despite falling from their 2020 peak. In France, the 2019 level of public debt was 99% of GDP, while the forecast for the end of 2023 is 110%, practically a 10 percentage point increase. For Italy, the same figures are 134% of the GDP in 2019, and we forecast 140% at the end of 2023, so 6 percentage point higher. In the UK, the 2019 debt was 84% of the GDP, and our 2023 forecast is 101% of GDP. So the increase is 17 percentage points of GDP, the largest among regional peers. The highly indebted countries, in particular, will have very limited fiscal space to absorb future shocks and are also exposed the, the most to potential market turbulence. We expect restrictive financing conditions to continue or tighten further, reflecting higher for longer interest rate. As the gross interest rate differential gradually turns more negative due to the interest rate component, the gross outlook will be even more in focus. The combination of low growth and high financing costs could pose significant challenges to highly indebted sovereigns in the region, 
especially Italy. Financing risks are somewhat offset by our expectation of central bank backstop support. We believe the ECB remains determined to avoid the level of fragmentation seen a decade ago, with the transmission protection instrument, the TPI, playing a key role despite lingering questions about eligibility. And finally, Greg, what are your views about the future of the EU fiscal rules? How relevant are these for Western Europe sovereigns? The past two decades have shown that the Stability and Growth Pact, SGP rules, are too complex, lack transparency, and could not ensure compliance in some instances. The SGP also failed in building buffers in good economic times, leading often to pro-cyclical fiscal stance, while coordination across member states has been suboptimal. Many Eurozone countries achieved substantial multi-year fiscal consolidation after 2012, the Eurozone crisis. However, in others, consolidation fatigue appeared after bringing deficits below 3% of the GDP. There was very little further fiscal efforts after exiting the excessive deficit procedures in these cases. Compliance with the debt rule to bring public debt to 60% of GDP in 20 years was uneven. In earlier research, we found strong negative correlation between the debt level and the underperformance of the debt rule. The failure to reduce public debt in good economic times, when the economy is growing in line with potential and the budget deficit is fairly low, highlights one of the main weaknesses of the existing fiscal framework. The fiscal outlook, particularly in the Eurozone, is further complicated by the lack of a clear anchor as the reform of the fiscal framework has not been finalized due primarily to disagreements between member states. The rules effectively have been suspended since 2010 and were also not enforced for preparing the 2024 budget. The most likely scenario at the moment is that the old rules will be in place for 2024. Our understanding is that the 3% deficit limit will remain a relevant constraint and it will be breached by several EU countries. So we expect to see these countries to be placed under the excessive deficit procedure. It is unclear how fiscal performance will be assessed beyond 2024, as new rules, with an increased focus on expenditure growth, are meant to be in place by 2025. The expenditure rule is not new. It has been part of the SGP since the beginning, but it will have more prominence, while the 3% deficit rule could become less relevant. At the current juncture, it is also unrealistic to expect that some of the highly indebted countries will bring down debt anywhere close to 60%, so the debt plinder will also lose significance. The high uncertainty around the timing, applicability, and enforcement of the new rules risks delaying fiscal rectitude and could also increase market volatility. Some countries revised up their budget deficit pass for the medium term as well in their 2024 budgets, underpinning the risk stemming from the lack of a clear fiscal anchor. The expenditure rule will offer limited help in the short run to bring down deficits from higher levels, while it could be a useful benchmark for countries with a strong fiscal position, like Ireland, which has significant budget surpluses. It is also worth to add that in our view, even if Eurozone members will fall into the EDP next year, this will have a limited impact on the overall European policy framework. Our assessment is that there is a very low probability that being under the EDP 
would result in sovereign bonds becoming ineligible for the ECB Transmission Protection Instrument, the TPI. The expected adjustment pass while in EDP, including a structural deficit reduction, would constitute effective action, a key input under TPI rule. However, the application and timing of EU fiscal rules are currently subject to a very high degree of uncertainty. Thank you for your insights, Greg, and thank you all for listening. For more information on topics discussed today, you can access our website at fitchratings.com. And we hope you will join us for the next edition of Fixed Interests.